in case you missed it, my book Anatomy of Abundance hit the market and it is officially an Amazon bestseller. We couldn't have done it without your help. Thank you for being here and supporting me. If you haven't picked up your copy, pick it up today. Learn how to transcend the limits of scarcity and rewrite your life's narrative, transforming it into a story of boundless prosperity and fulfillment with Anatomy of Abundance. Join renowned author Petrina Wisdom and 16 Brilliant Minds on a Transformative Journey. Discover awe-inspiring narratives and empowering strategies to attain abundance in relationships, career, health, and wealth. Every purchase breathes life into a remarkable cause, donating book proceeds to the Shine Organization. Shine Organization empowers sex trafficking survivors to break free from scarcity, fear, and past traumas, and boldly create their own unique path to abundance through entrepreneurship. Buy your copy today. You're listening to Fuck Being Stuck, the podcast where we spotlight women who've gone from managing to mastering life's challenges and the badass practitioners that are changing the way we heal. I'm Dr. Sabrina Nicole, psychologist, coach, author, and speaker. But more importantly, I'm a woman who had my own journey to mastering chronic pain. You don't need to be stuck anymore. Fuck that. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. My guest today is none other than my podcast manager, Allison Nitch. Allison is amazing. She's a rock star, and she's going to talk about her journey from being an elementary teacher to a dedicated podcast manager, loving wife, and caring mother of three. Okay, nothing short of hard work. With 18 years in the education field under her belt, she realized there was a longing for something more freedom, and the ability to work from the comfort of her home. Having spent several years in the classroom, Allison discovered that her life was veering toward unhappiness and unfulfillment, prompting her to seek a new path outside of the confines of teaching. Her battle with anxiety, depression, and a feeling of being stuck in life led her to the world of freelancing, and she embraced it wholeheartedly. During this transformative journey, Allison discovered the incredible power of podcasts. They became her source of knowledge, inspiration, and a window to a world filled with endless possibilities. She listened intently, absorbing the valuable insights about entrepreneurship and business, and it was then that her passion for podcasting was ignited. Allison's newfound love for working with podcasters grew rapidly as she delved deeper into the art of podcasting. Her mission is to empower entrepreneurs to amplify their voices and spread their messages to a wider audience through the captivating medium of podcasting. With her expertise, she assists them in both launching and managing their own shows, helping them navigate the exciting and ever-evolving world of podcasting. Welcome, finally, have you on here. Welcome, Allison. <laughs> it is so good to finally be here. And on this side, I'm always on the other side. Exactly. You're always behind the scenes. <laughs> but now the world gets to hear your voice. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So let's talk about this journey. How do you go from school teacher now to an entrepreneur working from home? Talk to us a little bit about the the journey. Oh, goodness. So I guess, you know, what's funny is you grow up and your parents, well, back then were like, you go to college, you find what you're supposed to do for the rest of your life and that's it. Well, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I had considered being a teacher in high school, 
But oddly enough, my dad was like, they don't make any money. So when I went to, I'll never forget, I went to college orientation and they have you pick a major. What 18-year-old knows what they want to do? Some do maybe. So I stood there and I was like, well, my dad said teachers don't make any money, so I'll go into the business world, which is very odd that now it's come full circle and I am in the business world, sort of. But So I got a business degree and two years out, I just, I still just wasn't happy and I wondered would teaching be what I was supposed to do? So I went back to school, got certified to be a teacher. And, you know, it was very challenging, but I loved it at first. And about seven years in, I guess that seven-year itch, I just wasn't, it wasn't me. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. So I, my husband and I talked together and we were trying to figure things out. And I ended up becoming pregnant with my twins. So I took a year off and I was trying so hard to find something else that I could do. And I thought, well, I had this business degree, but I still couldn't find anything. So in my comfort zone, I went back into the classroom, stayed another seven years, and here I was again. I just, I couldn't figure it out. Something just, it wasn't that I wasn't a good teacher, I don't think. It was just that I wasn't fulfilled. I felt like there was something more I was supposed to do. Even though I was helping these children, just the world of education, it just wasn't feeling like it was for me. I never felt like I knew, I don't know, maybe I was an imposter. I don't know. (laughs) I didn't even know what the word imposter syndrome was until I got out. But so I took another year off and I started a t-shirt business where that's back when vinyl t-shirts were a big thing. And it was good for a little bit, but I quickly realized the product-based business wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted. It was, I, I wanted to serve people, but not in that capacity. So what do I do? I go back to what I know because I did not know what else to do. So I went back to the classroom. And I think it was just that feeling of the unknown, uncertainty. What else can I do? We had to have a paycheck. I had to do something. So I went back to what I knew. And of course, that was 2019. So we know what's coming. (laughs) And the spring of, you know, here we have 2019, the spring of 2020 hits, we go on spring break. And what do you know, COVID hits. So it was challenging to say the least. But I also got a taste of what it was like to work from home Mm -hmm. while I was teaching because we couldn't go to school in person. And I was like, I want to work from home. This is what I want to do. I still didn't think teaching was it, but I had that little taste of working from home and just knowing that I wanted that freedom of just being able to do what I want when I want. And I still didn't have that being a teacher online because we had to have school hours, but I at least had that taste of it. And so we went back to in-person and I stayed another year and then another year after that. And by that third year back, I I was having panic attacks, Uh, my anxiety. I'd always dealt with anxiety. But it was hitting me hard to the point where I was literally having panic attacks. And I didn't know that's what it was until the school counselor came up to me and she was like, you're having a panic attack. And I was like, oh, so that's what this is. And I just knew from then I was like, this, I can't stay like this. I'm not happy. I haven't been for 20 years. I have to figure out something. And so I just, that's when I'll kind of stop here. But that's when I did my deep dive into what else could I do? Wow. So it got to the point with the panic attacks that were worsening now on public display at work. Yes. What were your symptoms? Like, what did it look, what did it look like for you? Um, it was pretty much 
the, just that overwhelming feeling of what is happening. My heart rate was rising. My blood pressure was going up. I didn't really know what was going on. You know, I was like, am, is it, am I having a heart attack? <laughs> I was just to that point of feeling over. It was like the most extreme feeling of overwhelm times 10. Wow. And, and that was the final moment where you're like, okay, I, I can't keep going back to this anymore, to this comfort zone. Yes. And it seems like each time you stepped away, you know, you were trying something different. And I think that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to just try different things like the t-shirt business or, you know, just kind of exploring different avenues. But now you're like, right. okay, I really need to work this out like now, because I think you realize it couldn't go on like that any, exactly. you know, much longer. Wow. Yeah, I knew I wasn't happy. I knew it was not 100% what I wanted to be doing, but I stuck it out because I was like, what else am I going to do? And so with these panic attacks, I'll never forget, it was January of 2022. So I've, I'm on two years now. I started Googling, what can teachers do outside of the classroom? And I actually landed on a podcast. And that's why I say podcast changed my life. Because I was listening to this podcast and it was all about what teachers could do outside of the classroom. I was like, this is a thing. <laughs> you know, I'm like, this is somebody's helping people do this. And there was a guest on her podcast about freelancing and just all the things you could do with freelancing. And I was like, you know, I'd heard of like freelance writer, freelance photographer, but I was like, what, what is this? And I just started doing, you know, I'd go to school during the day and at night I was a researcher and I just dug into what can I do? And listen to so many different podcasts that I found a course on how to own your own business working from home. And I was like, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do. I told my husband, I was like, would you support me if I did this? And he was like, yeah. But I think it also took him coming home one night. He works the nights. He's in law enforcement and saw me in the middle of a panic attack and was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I tell him I have these, but I think he saw it and realized this isn't healthy. And so I went 100% in. I finished out that school year. I gave my notice in April. That's how confident I was that I was going to make it work. Had not started a business. By May, I was like, this is it. And I dove straight in, did all the research, did all the trainings I could, realized by the end of the summer that podcast changed my life. I loved podcasting. I loved what it was doing for people. I wanted to help other women do the same. And here I am two years later. <laughs> wow. So I think you discovering that podcast to just confirm like other people are on in the same mind space as you were like enough of this. What else can I do for that? Yes. For that to be there. So you realize you weren't the only one. OK, I'm not crazy. There are other teachers going to work every day that really it's just not their passion anymore. It, it's just not for them anymore, but they don't know what else they're right. going to do. Because how many times you hear people say, oh, I'm going to do this 30 years. Like it's a bid, like we're going to jail, you know, like, yeah, you know, they're like, oh, just do your 30 years and yes. that's it. And I'm like, no, but this is not jail. Like you don't have to do the 30. You can choose to do the 30, but not everybody can, you know, yeah. or has the wherewithal to continue on that path. Exactly. You know, and I also remember sitting in the lounge eating lunch one day and we were all just talking about how many more years we have left till retirement. And what a friend of mine, she had three. And I was like, well, that's manageable. <laughs> I had 16. I was like, I can't. <laughs> I was like, that's not going to work for me. And here I was. And I think I also had the blood pressure cuff on my arm <laughs> while I was doing this. And I was like, I just, I'm done. 
So yes, I truly will say a podcast changed my life. Listening to that podcast made me... And what's funny is when I got into the online space, I realized just how many more other teachers were out there doing the same thing. And I was like, I wasn't the only one. Because I almost felt guilty that I didn't want to be a teacher anymore. I'm like, who doesn't... Who does that? You know, I felt like I was being a disservice to the kids. I was leaving my school. Uh, My principal, she completely understood. You know, she was very... She almost motivated me to do what I needed to do for me because she had seen me through the other two times I had left teaching. So yeah, the third time back was not the charm, but the third time leaving was. (laughs) That's what I kind of tell myself. Yeah, I think, you know, you learn that you have to be true to yourself, you know, because I'm a school psychologist. I work in a school as well. And, you know, some people are very happy. Oh, no, I love what I do. And for me, I always needed to be challenged. You know, I would get bored and I'm like, I, I can't keep doing the same. Mm-hmm. So I would go back to school. I get another degree in something else that I could do. Right. Um, and I would use some of those skills at work. And then I would use them in my private practice to kind of uh, re-stimulate myself and get myself excited about, you know, learning again and being able to, you know, use new instruments with the mm-hmm. kids I work with and all that stuff. I think that was the other thing too, is that I would see other teachers who just had such a passion for what they were doing and I didn't. And I felt like a fraud. I was like, why am I here in this classroom when my heart is not in it as much as these other teachers are? And I was like, we need more of those teachers. And I had parents who were like, oh my gosh, you know, you're my child's favorite teacher. And I was like, I think on a relationship level, that was my, that was my strength was having these relationships with the teachers and the the students and the parents. And I could deliver the lessons and I could do that, but that wasn't my favorite part of it. And I was like, I just, I don't know, I just knew something had to be different. And knowing now the passion I feel for what I do, I'm like, that's what it should feel like. That's what I should have been feeling all those years. But hey, it's never too late to start over and find something. <laughs> find what makes you happy. Yeah. So... What other things did you do? You mentioned that you did, you listened to podcasts and you found some courses and you turned into this researcher, Googling and and looking for different things. I think those are great um, strategies you use just to kind of expand your mind beyond what you already know. Like you knew you wanted to do something different, but kind of figuring out which way to go with it, I think is where a lot of people may get stuck or or give up. Yes. Yes. I think that's the biggest thing is the unknown and the fear. I think I had a bigger fear of staying stuck and unhappy than I did of going after trying to be happy and finding what I wanted to do. But yes, I landed upon a course. So I took that course and it just led me into this world of other people in an online community. I reached out. I got support from an online business coach. I realized that I wasn't by myself and I didn't have to do it alone. I think that was what scared me at first is how am I going to do this? What do I do? You know, how do I know what to do? There are people out there to support you and to offer that support. And I think I just leaned into that and then just, it kind of, it's like it almost just leads, it just kind of dominoes fall. It's like one thing leads you to another. And then I found the course on how to edit and learn all the things I needed to about podcasts and loved it. And I thought, this is this is it. And so it was just, I think you just have to step out of your comfort zone and try something because that was what I was so scared to do was to try something. 
In fact, I have a friend now who is unhappy in her career and I've been trying to tell her what to, you know, to try things and she's just scared. She's like, what if I'm rejected? And I'm like, but what if you're not? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's one of those where you won't know until you try. Yeah. I think a lot of times, you know, the fear in our head is so much larger. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Um, Give it so much more power than it should. When on the other side, you're like, oh, okay, I was just afraid to try, but it really wasn't that bad. And you really don't know until you step out there. Right. Yeah. Just get over that hump. Yeah. And I think the the power in the community that you found, because that's enough to give you the confidence and the courage of community people that are trying to do the same thing and push through their fears and, and try something new. That was, I think, the game changer for me. So I started the pot. I had done a little bit of VA work, basically just helping other business owners out that first summer. And I really dove deep into podcast management in October. I signed up for a mastermind in, I think it was November, maybe. I can't remember exactly when it, or August, the end of the summer. And I was like, I just need this help and guidance. And it was six of us in this mastermind with a coach and a co-coach. And I just made so many good relationships. It was, we could collaborate with each other. It was I didn't have to go through it alone. So I think knowing that that support is out there just made such a big difference in my business and knowing that I didn't have to do it alone. There are people who can help you and answer your questions. And I think that just gave me more of a courage to go, this is what I'm doing. And I didn't have to go back to the classroom. (laughs) So that was that was a win. Yeah. I think if you're around people that are very comfortable, then you tend to like fall into that same role. Okay. They're comfortable. I'm just going to try to stay here, even though I don't feel like I've fit into this anymore. Right. Yeah. Because there were teachers, there were teachers when I was leaving that were almost praising me for leaving, that I was taking that risk. And I was like, well, you can too. And they're like, no, I've been in this too long. I can't do it. And I'm like, but you can, you don't have to stay stuck in something that's not bringing you joy. And I think that's one of the things that I try to relay is that now that I'm on the other side, you don't have to worry. Cause I thought that too. I mean, I was in my, I'm in my forties. I thought I'm too old to start over. I think of my dad and he stayed in what he did for as long as he did, because, you know, he was an engineer and the younger engineers were getting all the works. He was like, if I, I can't start over, I've been in this and I, I don't want that. I don't want that for my kids. I don't want that for my friends. You know, I want people to realize that you can do something different and you just have to be willing to take the risk. Yeah. And you're a great example of that, even for your kids, you know, to see that, you know, how mom now works from home. She's got her own business. I'm sure all your friends are probably encouraged like, wow, she did the damn thing. Wait, maybe I can, you know, do it too. Because that's usually what happens. All it takes is the first person to go over the ledge and then everybody else is like, maybe I'll jump too. Maybe I'll jump too. I know. (laughs) Yes, I know. My friends are asking. They don't quite really understand what it is I do, but they're like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. I'm like, I can do, I don't have a schedule to follow. As long as I get my clients' episodes out when they're supposed to, I can do it when and wherever I want to. So it's just that freedom has just been, oh, such worth everything. And any panic attacks since you've left? Nope, not a one. Not one. I even was able to go down. I think I halved my anxiety meds 
the dosage I was taking. So still on them because I just naturally have anxiety. They said that's something that I just was born with. But but yeah, my anxiety is pretty much gone. No depression. I was beginning to think something was wrong with me back then and I didn't know what to do. It was just, and I finally had a doctor. We were dealing with medication is always a a tricky situation, but she finally talked to me one year. She was like, or one year, about a year after I had left the classroom. And she was like, what were you taking when it worked? And so I told her and she was like, have you tried it now that you're out of the classroom? I was like, no. She's like, then we're going back to that. We did that and I've been fine. So she was like, I think your environment was what was raising your anxiety. And I guess I knew that, but I didn't, I don't know. I guess I didn't, I felt that I could control everything. And I realized that I couldn't. It was my situation I was in. Not that teaching is a horrible profession. It's not, we need people. We need great teachers. It just wasn't for me. Wow. So what you just said um, about the environment contributing to the anxiety and the depression. And I think of how many people are still dealing with that as they continue to go to the job or continue in the relationship or just continue to do more and more. Oh, I need to slow down. But then they're doing 15 things, you know. Right. Right. Wow. I wish I could just stand on the rooftop and just say it. You know, I'm trying to tell some of my friends, but they're scared. And I was too. And that is just something that you can't force anybody to be ready. They have to do that on their own. And I guess that's what, and just to also just finding the right thing for them. Mm -hmm. That's also what it is, is you have to be able to find what is for you. And that was what I struggled with for so many years is what else is out there. You know, I knew I didn't want to leave teaching to go to a corporate job because how was that any different? And I knew in my, I don't know, just somewhere deep down, I knew that I wanted to, I've always just kind of been a very independent person. And I think that's why I knew that I wanted that comfort of working for myself. I'm very much a people person and I love being around people, but I also knew that I wanted to choose my people, (laughs) if that makes sense. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So do you have any like practices you do daily to to relax or stay centered um, now that you have, you know, you can make your own schedule? How do you fill your your days? What do your days look like? So I have truly just loved just kind of taking my days at my own pace because I felt like for so many years it was wake up, get this, do this, do this. I mean, I still have to wake up, get the kids ready, make their lunch, those things. But it's like I get them to school and then it's, oh, I take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. I have, I just talked to you about this, but I have though learned that walking while I work has been so instrumental in just feeling like I'm getting my steps in, doing something. It helps me stay focused. I have a walking pad. I did have, you talk a lot about meditation. I did back when I was having those panic attacks, I actually found a, it was still that last semester I was in school and it was a podcast, a meditation podcast. And I had to listen to those. I don't do meditation anymore really so much now because I just, I don't know. I guess I felt like I haven't needed to, but I know it's there. I probably should incorporate that, but I just have my routine that I follow every day of once the kids are in school, I hop on my walking pad, edit some podcast episodes, just get things done for my clients, take a break, eat breakfast, come back work, take a break, eat lunch. I can leave to go to the store if I want to, and then come back and work. And then I pick my kids up and 
I feel like I'm now present for my kids. Whereas before I felt like I was worrying about other people's kids more so than my own because I knew mine were taken care of, but I had to worry about the kids in my class that didn't have that. And that took a lot of mental space. And now I just feel like I am more available for my kids too. And so that has been one of the biggest things I've loved too. Yeah. And I can imagine, you know, as a teacher, you know, taking care and worrying about everyone else's kids and then going home to your own, you know, just how there's no off switch, you know, you just go from no worrying about one group to worrying about, you know, your household. Exactly. And I was so exhausted mentally, physically, emotionally, that by the time I got home, I just wanted to do nothing. And I was like, but I still have these children to take care of and a husband, you know, it was like, that's when I really figured out, I was like, this is, there's got to be something more. And there is. There is. Oh, yes, there is. Anything else you'd like to add? Any tips for the listeners or reminders you want to give to them? Oh, gosh. Just if you are feeling stuck, if you are feeling just like you are not in a place where you're supposed to be, whether that's a job or a relationship, whatever it might be, you do not have to stay stuck. I know that now. I thought 10 years ago that it was just, that was life. That was what it was going to have to be. And it just took one podcast (laughs) to make me realize that you don't have to stay stuck. It's just what you're willing to put into it is what you're going to get from it. So if you are willing to take that risk, if you're willing to try something new, it's not going to be easy. I will admit to that, but it will get you to a happier place. Life is not worth living unhappy. Life is not worth living unhappy and it's never too late. No matter the age or how many years you have at a job, it's never too late to pivot and create something new. Exactly. You could be in your 20s, 30s, 40s, but you could be 80 if you want to start something new. Start something new. I keep telling my mom that she's in her mid 70s or oh gosh, she's going to kill me. She's in her early 70s. And she'll tell me all the time, I'm too old. I'm too old. I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Her mom lived to be 95. I'm like, you still have 25 more years. And, you know, it's just, it's all in what you want to want to do. Yes. It's never too late for happiness and joy. So thank you, Allison, for joining me. Thank you. The listeners, please write us a review. And we'd love to hear from you in the comments. Thanks so much for tuning into Fuck Being Stuck, the podcast. Be sure to check out the show's notes for this episode on www.drsabrinanicole.com and follow us on social media. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. We'll be back next week with more. See you then.